This is the Black Nerd Talks podcast. This is your main host, Eb. I'd like to tell you a little bit about me before we start. I'm a social worker and men's rights advocate with an extensive history in competitive esports such as Guilty Gear, Gundam vs. and Street Fighter. I hope that today's episode will provide you with some nerd self-help through deep conversational interviews and open discussions where you hear the stories and perspectives of our fellow nerds. Join us as we uncover the themes and messages found in the mediums of anime, video games, and as well as comic books and how we can apply the life lessons found in them to deal with our everyday struggles. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord all under the same name and logo of Black Nerd Talks. Follow us to let us know what you think of the latest episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. Following us will also allow you to keep up with when we drop the latest and newest episodes. We also have an Etsy shop where if you search Black Nerd Talks, you can find our Black Nerd Talks t-shirts and crewnecks if you'd like to support the podcast. So staging, staging the crime. The other one being make people hate him. For now, fool me, it was... Um, her just lying about him and then constantly telling other people and telling the king to spread rumors about him that he was um <clears throat> he was a he was a he was a rapist mm-hmm. that he assaulted her with amber she so here's the crazy thing I need to get a drink of water for this I don't know if you two know this but because of what Amber heard did like as Kevin Samuels put it you can't make this shit up <laughs> She became the face of the Me Too movement. Did you guys know that? Mm-hmm. Well, she became like the face of the world for a hot moment. So. Yeah, because it, it creates the perfect. Because I, I was even watching her, her her old interviews, and she's able to play up this whole you know young, beautiful, blonde, innocent white girl. Mm-hmm. So therefore, she can do no wrong, and so it just makes her. The perfect she she's basically she she basically set herself up to be the perfect victim. Mm-hmm. This young, beautiful white girl, not white woman, even though she was like 25 at the time when they got together, but white girl who was being misused by this older, um, more more gruff man mm-hmm. who yeah. is mm-hmm. it, it works in her favor because it's like one book that I remember what John Depp was saying is. She was like, can you admit that you abused me? And she was like, me abuse you? You're you're like bigger than me. You're stronger. I'm 115 pounds. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. She, like she's using all these things, but like she's just manipulating her words to, to make it all be in her favor. She even answered the question fully. He's like, how could I abuse you? She could just say no, bitch. Just say no, I didn't abuse you. She didn't <laughs> say that straight because she knew she had to like, she still had to word herself in a way where she could believe herself. Yep, basically. Uh, but but you know what's so interesting? What Eb just said right there, though, is like some of the some of the arguments you hear about that is the fact that people say, "Well, why didn't Johnny just get a woman his own age?" You see what I'm saying? So it's sort of like putting the blame on on Johnny, victim blaming, as, exactly victim, but instead of actually discussing what took place, so it's, it's trying exactly your point. It's trying to say, "Well, you know, she's she's so young. Of course, she's you know she." She's gonna have her moments, but she's still nice. Why didn't Johnny just go for an older woman? Why did he have to go for a younger woman? So it's really interesting what you just said right there. So yeah, and we're going into like just a bit of a topic of like in terms of a lot of aspects of modern feminism, which is that women are strong, independent, <clears throat> strong, independent, and capable, but then at the same time, there's like these delicate little daisies need to be protected. And it's like, are you strong and independent or you need to be protected? Which one? 
Gotta, yeah, which one? Which one? Right. Not to change topic here, but this is why I've had this conversation with uh, with a friend of mine, and I told him, you know what? This is just my opinion, though. But I would want a a, a woman who has an independent mind, like she can think for herself, and she's extremely strong. She's a go getter. But personally, when it comes to example, in my household, and let's say for example, let's assume also I'm well off. You know, I, I, I've hit the jackpot, whatever the case may be. I would want her to be, I would want her to play the role of motherhood because a lot of people, that, what a lot of people don't understand about motherhood is that it's it's not a part-time job. And what modern society has done is they treat a motherhood like it's a part-time job and that women can be an excellent mother, but at the same time, get a full-time job, at the same time, do projects, at the same time, do some side, at the same time, have a social life. Like this is, that's impossible. It's impossible. Motherhood is a full-time job. And of course, I want my kids to just be raised, you know, a gentleman or or a lady, a you know, beautiful woman or a man or whatever the case may be. And for that, and for that to be realized, um, she has to take that job very serious. The same way I'm gonna take my job as a provider extremely serious. Like I'm gonna take care of her. She doesn't have to worry about anything, even my kid. So I don't know. I, I find it interesting exactly how um, they spin this idea of you know, motherhood. So, anyways, not to change topic. No, here. that's a great point, and um, it's the same thing for me. I, I, I um, I work like Deb has taken on a lot of because she, I have negative, very negative experiences from weddings. Uh, yeah. One could say low, low, one could say lower T traumatizing, where I actually injured my knee to make my sister happy for her wedding because it was all about her and her emotions. Wait, She's wait, doctor, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What did you do? I So basically I have like, I think it's on my dad's side of the family. We have sensitive knees. Yeah. And one of the things during my sister's wedding is I had to kneel down on concrete for for some of the pictures. My mm-hmm. sister didn't care that it was injuring me. So more like it actually messed up my, like my, my knee. It worsened uh, the already existing osteoarthritis in my knees. She's a doctor. Why? Because she thought everything was about her. Because that's what Disney's, that's what the Disney movies and and media say is that everything's all about women and their feelings and, and their wants and desires. That's why we have things like yeah. Bridezilla. Everything's about me and all that I want. I went to a wedding and I even saw like the man was this. I, I went to a wedding recently. I saw how the man was just miserable. And I said, I don't want to, I, I want to avoid being like that. I, even his suit looked uncomfortable because it was probably just about what she wants him to wear rather than his comfort, because it's all about her and only, only her emotions matter where women just take up all the emotional space. It's the reason why I just, I don't want to deviate too much, but it's the reason why, you know, during, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but during when you're in the height of lockdown, you know, globally, especially here in Ontario, I saw this men sitting in their cars. They're just sitting in their cars. Why? Because like, what's going on inside? You can't deal with her. You can't deal with her just constantly, emotionally harassing you. So you just go outside. There's a reason why domestic abuse went up during um, lockdown, along with divorces. I can't deal with this person, right? Being trapped, you're being forced to stay with someone for a long period of time. So it's like, if you guys haven't learned to do that, if you guys have such a busy lives in the past... Or you've just it out now. learned to, or you've worked towards avoiding that person. Mm-hmm. Right? And now you can't do it anymore. Because exactly. there's nowhere to go. There's no game meetups. There's no happy hour. There's mm-hmm. no clubs. You, you got to come home. You can't even go anywhere. You wake up and you go to work. You're stuck with this person all day. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, yeah, so what was I saying? Yeah, so yeah, basically, yeah, she was the face of the, yeah, so going back on the main point, she was the face of the Me Too movement. She was actually an ambassador. I don't know if you know this, Jordan. I found this out recently from doing research. She was actually an ambassador for the UN Human Rights um, um, Council. Amber Heard? Amber Heard. Maybe oh. I got the name wrong somewhat, but she was definitely an ambassador for the human for the UN in terms of human rights. The perfect quote unquote white girl. Wow. Also representative of L'Oreal. She went to do ambassador work in like I think Syria to help children. She was she was everywhere because she was just the visually the most the perfect candidate for all of this. No, that really sucks because yeah. she ruined her reputation okay. to the maximum, bro. You know how much time she's just trying to manipulate situation and just like lie in general. But, you, but, but but then also you would be surprised how quickly people will forget when when women do things as opposed to men. No, this is this is different, bro. You, this well, is different. This is because we're going back on like hashtag believe all women and hashtag me too. She didn't just because the thing that we're we're not just keeping mind. She didn't just lie, Jordan. Mm -hmm. She was the perpetrator. She was the abuser. Exactly. That's no, but, yeah. crazy. People are people actually can't stand her. So first of all, she already had. So just before you jump in, mm -hmm. um, during her her during the trial, um, someone I think from WB who's involved with like looking at um people's uh, reception to different actors and whatnot. I was was showing her compared to like majority of the the DC movie actors, you know, like Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa, Aquaman, and so on and so forth. She was compared to all these other actors and actresses. She has a she already had a really low rating compared to them. Like I think Gal Gadot was like the one who plays Wonder Woman was like at a seven point nine. Amber was like a two point six. Just from watching her interviews that we were watching earlier, the way how like she kind of presents herself. I just the way how she presents herself. It's the way how like she has she conducts and expresses yeah. herself. Mm -hmm. And it's like that certain kind of attitude. It was just um very interesting. I personally don't know a lot about Amber Heard. I couldn't care less about her because <laughs> it's foolish. It's foolery to me. Yeah. But yeah, so she was that. She was a she was a representative for L'Oreal as well. Uh, I forgot all the other places, but this is all because it was just so easy to be, quote unquote hashtag believe her. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, believe all women. And so it, it was the perfect storm. So that's really that's really what has had such a the, the biggest impact on the Me Too movement is the fact that, like, this perfect person, this young, perfect little angel is actually, like, a demon. Mm -hmm. She's a whole she's a whole devil. Um, And for me, personally, it's given, it's given men the space to talk about that. Like, the fact that one of the videos, Johnny Depp admittedly says, I, too, as a... As a man, I'm a victim of domestic violence. That's powerful. And it's it's plastered over. There's no way you because not only is it said, there's audio tips of her saying, I didn't punch you, Johnny. I hit you. Or she's like, I don't even think you could even call that a hit. Like how big you <laughs> no, no, okay. The point I'm making is, is this. So everything you guys are saying, I a hundred percent agree with. <clears throat> But it's it's like I know that okay, so so yeah, so she did a lot of damage to the Me Too movement. Oh my gosh. I mean, these are damage that you can't even reverse. But in terms of just sort of like forgiveness towards her, 
people are very quick to forget. Trust me. Um, for example, what's this whole thing? The whole thing with um, who can I bring up that people forgot? Uh, Lana Del Rey says said some racist shit. Then there's some outrage. People forgot about that. Uh, Doja Cat says some racist shit. People, you know, people outrage. People forgot about that. I mean, to the, the movie, amount of views, I I agree with you. There is recency bias, and people tend to forget what what recently and, happened. And and but, but then yeah, mm-hmm. no, go okay, on. Okay, okay. You see, towards the movement, I do agree that yes, yeah, she did a permanent damage to it. Like it, it was so bad. But I'm talking about like for example, towards her herself. Now she lost a lot of our opportunities. But probably just give it another like probably five or ten years. People are gonna forget about it, and then she's probably just gonna continue with her life. And not only that, the fact that also again, she's white, white woman, uh, blonde hair and all that. She worked for the UN. People can forget like, and if she just comes out with a statement and saying like, she hasn't. Oh, you know, I know. Yeah. But imagine if she does, though. Imagine if she does. If she comes out with a statement, fully apologizing, and it just looks so acting worthy, you know that that you can accept. I'm telling you, people, people, give it. So give I agree it, with you on people, that. So people are going to forget about it. People are so actually going to, you know, people will eventually simple. forget about this. I agree, and I think but that's a good the thing. Woman. No, no. Well, so okay, Cause, okay. Because remember oh. who really did the outrage here. It, it, men, a lot of us men, when it comes to a lot of these social shit that's not really affecting us, especially the majority, we don't care. That's the reason. Um, there's a saying that the 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 squeaky the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? A lot of these social changes that's happening in today's society are actually driven by women, right? They're the one it that has been up until recently, but go on. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, a lot of a lot of these recent uh social uh, social problems that's actually driven by women. So, for example, when uh th- this whole case with Johnny Depp and Amber Rose, in five years, do you really think that men are going to tr- continue raising noise and and say, "Hey, no, don't give this girl up"? No, we don't care. We move on with our life. But women, a woman, let's say for example, um, it was reversed, right? It was actually Johnny Depp the perpetrator. I can guarantee you that shit is not going to be forgotten anytime soon. Only because, only because when it comes to political change and social changes, women know what they, like, they know exactly how the game works and they know how to, for example, carry themselves and make sure that this person does not get any opportunity. It's because they care so much about the situation because it impacts them. The difference here between the difference between um, men and women in this case is that they care way more than us, way more. Like for example, the situation, and I don't want to speak too long about this. Um, I felt it, like I was actually impacted, impacted by it. I was like, "Whoa, you see, we're never hurt." But I kid you not. After a month, I forgot about it. I just said, I just went back to work. I still see these feminist blogs talking about it. I don't see as much men speaking about it anymore. Because at the end of the day, we have to <laughs> we have to get with the times. Like we know we have like we have so much responsibility in society that it's hard for us to just focus on one thing for too long. That's what it is. That, that's my point. Okay. So like I understand what you're saying. Part of me agrees, but you're I'm also I would also say you're conflating a lot of different things and pulling it together at once. So I'm going to do my best to cover everything that you said. So one point being 10 years from now, 
if Amber Heard has genuinely dealt with her emotional issues, I'd love to see her do a movie. I would even, if she even healed from, I'll be the first to go see it, to be very honest with you. Because I'm also of the I'm also of the type of person who feels that because we even talked about hope in our last session, you know, the the possibility of change of something good happening. I'd want something good to, for for her to come out of this rather than for her to be erased from society and 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 the world. <clears throat> I wouldn't want that for anybody. I'd want her to be able to make a, to to be able to make a comeback. However, for her to do that. She's made a, a statement, but the thing is her statements and everything that she's doing, which is why she has such a such a low um, PR rating, is because she's never genuine. Like, I don't know if you ever watch her interviews, but she she just has, like, uh, word salad. Like, she just says nice words that don't mean anything. Like, she like they're asking, like, I've, I've seen her ask about how do you feel about Mara and, like, you know, her playing Mara from Aquaman, you know, um, Aquaman's wife, uh, future wife in the, in, in the comics and girlfriend in the movies. And she doesn't really like answer the question. She just mm-hmm. says a bunch of nice words. Even like, how, what is it like being with Johnny Depp? He's such an amazing. Or how open is Johnny Depp on set? He's such an amazing, wonderful actor, and he's so skilled. And you know, it's so mesmerizing to watch him act. Like, but like, we asked you, like, how open is he to talk to people? Like, that's we're not asking about his acting skills. Everything she does is not from a genuine place. It's all word salad to make her sound good which is goes back into her assessment of you know having um histrionic and and bipolar uh um, um personality disorder exactly uh personality disorders because that's just how she is and until she decides to do work which people with like these these mental health concerns along with seemingly narcissism because we throw the word na- narcissism around very easily in society like oh this person's a narcissist like how do you know are you a psychologist but anyways mm-hmm. Um, she is not open, and that's another thing with her being assessed. She's not open to be to receive criticism. Okay. So no, no, I, 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 I don't want to cut you off. I don't, I don't really want to cut you off here, but I'm just gonna say this. Okay, so whether okay, the truth in her character really doesn't matter. It so, has, but that's but that's what I'm getting. The reason that people are attacking her. Go on. Okay, so it's all about if she can put up one of the best illusion possible to deceive the public. That's at that point, do. people pick up on it. Because, like, she did an apology to Australia, and now be even no, no, respected for no, her. No, if she, no, if she, no, she doesn't even have to show her face. She could just write a letter and show exactly how sincere she is. And well, that's one thing, it. that has to go back into it. We're still going back to the core of her being genuine. And she wrote a she statement. Doesn't, she doesn't have to be genuine to do that. But even when she wasn't, even the article, even the response, hold on, even the response that she wrote, people weren't receptive to it. Because we're also going back into another point of cancel culture. Irrespective of Mm -hmm. someone doing something wrong, people want to see them canceled. And going back on them being canceled, yes, Chris Chris Brown, a man, he physically abused a woman. He's making music now. He's in Afrobeat songs. He's making movies again. So these things can also still happen too. Like he's a man, he's a black man on top of it who abused a woman, not a white woman, but he abused a woman, and even he's able to make a comeback. So it all depends on the longevity and someone's willingness to work on themselves and admit the, to their mistakes. Yes, Chris Brown probably would be at a different level of stardom if he never like punched a shit yeah. out of Rihanna, but he's That's still able to make a comeback and still make a livelihood based off his music and so on and so forth. 
reason that holds him back is, which goes back into the Amber Heard stuff, is that some people aren't willing to forgive. And now we're going to the aspects of cancel culture in the sense of not people want certain people to be erased because of the evil, malicious shit that they've done. And there are certain men that are about that. However, yes, you are right. A lot of social things are based on women. But it's not because women are more vocal. It's because women spend more money. But that has shifted as manosphere stuff have come up and showed that men are willing to support each other and are willing to speak up for certain things or willing mm. to disengage from certain things. Like, for instance, because of um, the, for, for lack of a better word, because of lack of awareness and lack of support for young men, men aren't going to college or university anymore. They're just like, I'm going to do a trade. And so now that's become an issue within colleges and universities because like we don't have men coming. We need to address that now. So if there's enough people not doing something, it will be addressed eventually. Just like I said, men aren't doing that. There's conversations happening about men not wanting to get married, like MGTOW and so on and so forth. There's a lot of things that men are doing that's like, oh, shoot. Or even just simply Kevin Samuels, him just talking about just like, oh, shit. Well, we can't ignore this anymore because people are being vocal about these things. No, no. Okay. With, okay. So with the spending more money, it's, it's definitely one of the same. So, of course, if, 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 if you're the most vocal, eventually it's going to be to the money because it's going to gain media attention. And if money you know talk. how to, yeah, exactly. And if you know exactly how to just maneuver and market, like you're going to get the money. So, that's not even something you have to worry about. The thing with Kevin Hart, no, the thing with Kevin Samuel, what happened with Kevin Samuel? The reason why he got famous, it wasn't because of the men. Exactly. It's because, again, back to my point, is the fact that when it comes to a lot of these political, especially in recent time and social issue, women have been at the forefront and they're the one that actually been vocal. If we men, we were way more vocal about you certain things happening. I think we are, but I don't think we're we're at a point where it's like sort of like mainstream. We really care about it because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we know that, uh, you know, uh, for example, like we have to take care of ourselves. We have to be the provider. We have so much responsibility that society has given us that we don't really have the the time to play these political games. I'm not saying that there aren't men who are like that. There are, but at the rate at which women are, it doesn't even compare to men. Like women, like okay, so you're talking know. about comparative right now, but that's I, a society. I, I but, but that's what it is, though. Because okay. when because when I'm saying when I'm saying like women are at the forefront, like I'm comparing it to men. Okay, so yes, I agree with you on that, but it's shifted. It's it's shifting and it continues to shift because of men acting on mass on certain things. Like I said, college. Like I said, marriage. Like I said, getting into relationships. It has the shifting has begun where women are like, I can't find you. It's because of the woman, it's not because of men, it's because of the woman. And it's like the same thing what you said with the Kevin Samuels. Now, let me ask you this. I recently, I don't think women are being affected by men not going to college. No, no, not that part. College is being affected. I'm talking about the Kevin Samuels one. Okay, Kevin Samuels, one thing, but I was just talking about simply Kevin Kevin Samuels putting men's issues on the forefront. Okay, let's speak about that. And that came from go on. Let's speak about the college part. Let's be I have not heard on the mainstream media that, for example, like we should do something about men not going to college. I have not seen men be vocal about like majority of men being vocal about it. In fact, the opposite is true. What I am seeing now is that men are saying, yeah, we don't need school to be successful. 
Uh, you see, you, you've heard about that, right? So we grew up, you know, like if you think do you know how many? Yeah, do you know how many people? Yeah, exactly. Do you know how many people are now saying we don't, especially the men, we don't need school to be successful. We don't see, for example, social or political movements saying that this is from men. I'm not speaking about women because women will do their part. Like if they want something, they will do their part. For example, with the abortion, they're doing their part. But when it comes to, for example, the college situation you just brought up, I'm not seeing men at the forefront saying, hey, let's fight for this. Let's fight for the younger generation for why we should go back to school. I'm not seeing it. It's because... Go on. Yeah, it's because when it comes to these sort of issues, especially in recent time, so much pressure has been put onto us that it's hard for us to put our attention in things that's not paying us. Especially if we don't see it like, like, especially if we don't see it like that. A lot of my friends will say, for example, this. I remember there's a, I think there's like a labor strike or something going on. I told him to come out with me. He said, I'm not going to waste my time. It's not even paying me. But if you were to say to a woman, um, hey, um, let's go do this protest and let's, and of course, it, of course, it depends on the person. But if, if you were to say to them, hey, let's go to this um, abortion movement and, you know, let's try to, um, you know, express our rights out here. Most likely, you know, you're, you're going to get a, a really good amount to come out with you. Well, that's a different and and, and, and and they won't think of it in terms of, um, am I getting paid or not? Am I well, now we're going into a con. Well, that, now we're heading into a conversation of men even being aware of the issues that affect men. Yeah, I think so. It's a biological thing, and also too, it's a historical thing. Exactly, because men's issues are never talked about. So why would men want to speak on something? Not, if they're, but that's but that's they're not aware of it. But once men are aware, the conversations happen. So going back, like I said, on the whole college thing, it hasn't come up yet because men are just making a decision. But then it becomes an issue where it's like, oh, how do we get men to come back? But like in terms of men not going to something, yes, you are right, guys aren't liable to do that. Men aren't liable to do that. Sorry. But that's also comes from a space of men not being aware of men's issues, but that's becoming more of a thing. I agree with you, but shifts are happening. 10 years ago, there wasn't a, not only was there no Kevin Samuels, RIP to him. Um, there wasn't a space for Kevin Samuels to exist. Actually, there was. There's Patrick O'Neill and he was mainstream. Patrice O'Neill, I mean. How much was his message spread compared to Kevin Samuels? Oh, it was huge. It was huge. Compared? Oh, compared to Seven Samuels? Kevin Samuels. I, I can't really quantify that because, of course, so I, I don't I'm have getting, that data. Okay. But so his, his is, was huge. Hold on, hold on. What I'm getting at is there's more conversations now about men issues compared to 10 years ago. Okay. Like, I'll give a very simple example on this. 10 years ago, could you name me a panel of just ordinary, non-athlete, non-entertainer, black men sitting at a panel talking about men's stuff? No. That's my point. Uh, Versus are, now. Guys Sorry. Are, guys are more like, honestly, though, like, guys are more likely to, like, do what we want to do out of, like, ambition or whatever. Stoicism. While, yeah. while girls are more likely to, to talk of, about it talk about it and they'll follow like certain things because um girls are girls are naturally like more in social exactly exactly so like when they're in like a school setting and all these settings they're more likely to like kind of like stay within these school exactly. settings and kind of go with the guideline that's given to them exactly. like the whole guidebook exactly as for like us men in general we're more like 
we are people who are we're ambitious and we'll go for what we want in a sense. Like exactly. we're really like not wolves, but we really are that. I don't want to say like dominant or anything like that, but like Do- we'll, leaders. Yeah, leaders, leaders dominant. Yeah, we won't. We words. won't follow the school system naturally. We won't follow these things. We'll go by what we think is right. While girls are, they more tend to listen, and girls are more like they care about a lot of things a lot more. Like they're more just like emotion about a lot of things. So when they get into like certain certain groups or when they're told certain things, they're just more likely to listen in general. Guys, for a hundred percent sure, like we we just do what we think is right. We literally follow our intuitions. Sometimes it's wrong, sometimes it's right, but at the end of the day, we're guys. We still do what we want to yeah, do. Yeah, we're more likely to take risks, drive faster, whatever Legit, it is. Take- and, yeah, and that's exactly why the women, they dictate the social and political sphere. But Eb said something really interesting. Yes, you're seeing a shift. You're, sh- you're seeing a change. Yeah, like before, like this stuff where Amber's being canceled is being like men are behind this and men are watching this and this having like tens of billions of views per per. Uh, session of the trial for Amber for Amber Heard and, and and Johnny Depp that wouldn't have happened. But the fact that this was even in, exposed in the media, this also expo- the fact that this was posted on YouTube, an alternative media space, and the fact that people were able to see exactly how falsified NBC and all these other media outlets were, it's a huge shift, and it creates more space for men's videos to be talked about and men's issues to be talked about because that's what YouTube has opened up for. Like I was watching a video of like of Fresh and Fit saying negative. No, Fresh and Fit, like these other guys, and maybe you've heard of them in based in Miami. Oh, I do not some... watch those guys. Those guys are <laughs> there's something else. Yeah, there's um, something else. Brain dead content to me, Loki. Yes. But They're like I saw Ablin preach, um, the lead attorney, Kevin Samuels, um, uh, who else? Poor Man's podcast, uh, Spencer Cornelius, um, who was like the only white guy on it. And um and and rewind playback and there's essentially just except for uh, spencer cornelius uh who talks about like celebrities and rich people and how they mess up their money or see if they're frauds it was just a bunch of ordinary black men talking about issues of of, of other black men doing something wrong mm-hmm. there that never existed and all intelligent well-spoken black men they're not athletes they're not entertainers they're just ordinary black men never existed but now there's a space for these things to exist there's a space in a conversation for these things to happen so no i think if anything 10 years ago things would have been a lot easier for amber heard compared to now it's definitely harder for her to make the comeback because men yeah, make, Yo, nah son what what happened to me too because that's the reason that's that's the reason why her getting pushed out of aqua is being go- going so hard is because like hey well, hold on you canceled johnny without mm-hmm. even Asking questions, you you gotta handle Amber Heard too. You gotta remove all these movies, b. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, we're having more of a voice now. Still. Exactly. Yo, get that equality happening. Um, Equals oh. rights and equalizes. Yo, oh, oh no, no, that. no. We're definitely having. Uh, we're, de- we're definitely having more voice. But my point is, for example, it needs to be mainstream. We need to really have a mainstream voice for positive influences. That's why we're having these conversations like yeah. right now. So but 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 it's exactly what you said, which is why I'm not going to add more into it. We are seeing a shift. Yeah, it's a huge shift. The yeah. fact that we can have this conversation, you know, how quickly this YouTube channel, this um, sorry, podcast has been canceled by now. It was like ten years years ago. Men mm-hmm. having problems, <sighs> triggered. Yeah, yo, we're mm-hmm. we're supposed to be we're supposed to be rocks, unemotional. We're supposed to just you know, just stay silent and take the abuse. Yeah, yeah, yo, we um. 
we get painted as a lot of things, even when it comes to just like guys and like com sex in general, bro. Like they'll paint so much pictures on us, yo. We are just looked at as men. We get ready. these rapey, killy monsters. Yep, yeah, exactly. Legit. Like we're that's just how society kind of paints us. Just like how society will paint girls as, as that damsel in distress. Yeah, they are in distress. But like, Peach. you know, they're they're not always that damsel. They're just in distress. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, it's so funny. You know, it's so crazy about this entire thing when you really think about it. So, for example, uh, Kevin Samuel, he had his breakthrough because he started to criticize women. And then, if you were to compare that with, for example, Jordan Peterson, you know, majority of his audience are males, right? But he didn't blow up until, for example, he confronted, um, you know, and I think it was a, I think a her appearance wise was a woman right like he didn't confront her or said something about like how no i'm not going to say your pronoun and then he blew up and then he became mainstream yep. so it, it's so interesting to see when it comes to these social changes man as of now it's like man they got they, they got the baton right now yeah it's crazy because like you can't cancel them and, and, and i mean behind it that's also the reason why jordan peterson kevin samuels are, have been doing so well r.i.p kevin but like this reason why even him also, um, healthy gamer, Dr. K. They're doing well because men are supporting. There's people are seeing there's money in the male economy, if you will. Yeah, so exactly. Economy. Yeah, so it's like the woman jumpstarts it and then exposes it, and then we see it, and then yeah. we stay and so we're looking for it, right? Because exactly we don't have it. Um, men's TV shows are always canceled. Okay, do you think it's because we're not looking for it? Because I mean. We can, no, we, we are can. looking for it because you know a lot of us grew up without like luckily I had I grew up with my dad, but a lot of us don't have dads. So don't even so yes, we're looking for, but also we don't know what we're looking for until we see a man stand up for something. I agree, I agree with the second point. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking for we're we're looking, we see someone who's standing up for something without mm-hmm. bending his back and standing strong for it. And that is what's so captivating. And it goes back to even other great men, such as, you know, Nelson Mandela, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. There's a lot of men who just stood up for certain things, and it, it was captivating. Even when we see it with certain actors, right? We love to, we, we look at athletes, we look at all these people with with, uh, with the admiration, because, like, I want to be that one day. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to stand my ground on certain principles that very much matter to me, irrespective of what the media says. Um, so with that being said, that was a great tangent. I won't t- say too long on these aspects, but going back yeah. on the whole um Amber Heard and uh Gone Girl, um, another aspect that that they all shared, which I can speak on, is uh he wanted a divorce. With now Fumi, the things that made it really bad for him was when um you remember this, Jordan, because we were talking about this last night, was once Multi saw um, now Fumi happy with Raftalia. That was a trigger for her. She's like, wait, you're doing okay? Mm-hmm. You happy again? Nah, we can't be having that. <laughs> Let's set up a duel. Let's set up a duel where you're... F- I didn't realize this, but he was 20 levels under Motoyasu. Motoyasu was level 43. Nafum was level 21, and he's forcing him to fight him. Did he get the class upgrade by then? Or no, he, he didn't. didn't get it. No, no. not yet. I remember that. Bro, that was hectic. And, like, now nah, that girl is, like, petty to the maximum because, like, she was, like, fighting her own, like, psychological battle with Nafume. 
trying to like win win the terms of like destroying his life, making sure everyone believes her and everything. And when she was realizing that freaking Nafume was actually like happy, he actually yeah, has she was he bad. met Raftilia through her and everything. Yep. She's like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have met Deb if it wasn't for my accuser doing what she did. Because mm-hmm. I got moved to that center, that's how I met her. But yeah. Um, you know, what's so interesting is like, I still don't understand exactly why she did it in the beginning. I was just but, about to get to that point. Now. Yeah. I was but, just about to explain that. Okay. Okay. Before you do, let me, let me, let me just finish off and say, because in your case, Eb, what happened is, um, you dated her. I, so it's like, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so I can see exactly how twisted a person can be especially if you date someone else and then say for example they don't like you as much and say you don't want them you're not being rude you just don't want them i can't see exactly how they can now do some nasty stuff you see what i'm trying to say right but now with multi is like it was so random it's like what the hell did this guy do now now i feel like it has to do with the backstory of you know the history of the shield hero with the king for why she did that. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying. Okay. So I'm not trying to justify it. Right. Her behavior. I'm not trying to say, well, she probably did this because of this and it makes it okay. No, it's wrong. What I'm trying to say is because I, I still never got to the part, but they forgot to, they forgot to mention the story of what happened with the previous shield hero that tried to supposedly take away the King's family. They still haven't explained that in the stuff that I, I checked on the show. Uh, there's a oh, lot I of, know um, some things, but they never really quite went into the detail about it. Uh, they, okay. they, t- they touched on there's so much different moments, and I know you're not far into the show, Jordan, but there's mm-hmm. just like so much different moments where they touch on like the previous shield hero and just like how I think it was like that shield hero. Mm-hmm. He he did something, but he wasn't recognized for it, and only the only the um the Philophian queen recognized the shield hero for like doing these things, but no one else acknowledged it. Like they didn't, I don't think they explained fully what it was, but they're just like the shield hero did something good, but he wasn't acknowledged for it. And in the end, he he got like a very terrible name, but they never explained it. Yeah. And they always like hinted, they always teased like the previous heroes on like their acts and everything they did. Yeah. Interesting. So the reason Amber Heard did what she did allegedly, because this is me slightly speculating and also based off research. Johnny, so <laughs> it's crazy. Um, while Johnny and Amber Heard were together, Amber's friends and family were living in some of Johnny's properties rent-free. Like, they didn't have to pay food, nothing. He was literally paying everything for them. And there was a, so you, you were asking about this before the podcast. So one, there was a, a period of time, there was a period of time that Johnny Depp realized that his managers were taking money from him. Mm-hmm. Along with Amber's family using him for his resources without ever contributing anything to him or his family. Um, he went to go confront his managers. Johnny Depp went to go confront his managers uh, about the money that they were taking from him. And it, was, it was on that day that it was Amber's birthday. He came back home late for Amber's birthday and then she freaked out on him and then beat the shit out of him. That's where I believe where he got his finger busted, where she threw the, the the vodka bottle or whatever. And so that coupled with what her family's using him for and just the sheer abuse that she's putting him through, he was getting ready to divorce her. 
So in order for her not to lose out and to, and also I think he might have brought up wanting to get a post-nuptial agreement, she lost her shit. And so that's what caused him to divorce her. It might not be accurate to all of these things. Mind you, there's probably, there might be some stuff I'm missing. And so because of that, um, she didn't want to lose any of access to his resources. So she decided to sue him for, sue him and ask for $7 million right up the front and then pretended, quote unquote, to give it to the ACLU and the, the, the children's, uh, children's aid or whatever. So that's the reason why she did it is because he was going to leave her first, essentially. Okay, you see that. For me, what spurred her was when she when she realized I wasn't going to pursue her, and I actually had started to see an ex back in Montreal. And that's when like I remember like her personality just switched from that moment. Like it it's as if like a switch went off in her in her mind. That's when it, it caused her to do what she did. Um the other point being um being a troublemaker. Malty in Malty uh, from from Shield Hero, she was always seen by her family as a as a just overall bad person and compulsive liar. So when we look at these people, we also have to keep in mind like they have a history. Like eventually came up the fact that like Amber was abusive to her ex girlfriend. Yeah, you know history is a, a big thing. It's just funny because I was talking to my friend on the phone about this earlier. Whereas you see like certain traits like play out multiple times at least look into it a bit and that's why i was saying like the whole screen people i literally give a whole like eight months test trial of whatever with girls specifically but even when it comes to guys too mainly when it comes to business with guys like i'm really very vigilant from for like all habits and not just like not just like habits i mean like bad habits mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, no, I, sorry sorry you're about to say jordan yeah, that's a good point because um, in the show, Melty says, um, no, my sister is just, no, I think it was the queen that said it. She's a pathological liar. Yeah. I mean, she's always been like that when she was young. Even when yeah. she had the seal of slavery, the, the slave shield on her, she no, still lied. Funny. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's that was... from Amber, right? Like, she was like, did you, did you donate the money? I pledged it. <laughs> right that's the same thing that's the thing yeah that's the same it's literally thing. the same thing like are you really just lying to everybody right now like both face <laughs> lying so so she's basically saying it wasn't a donation i don't think she used the word properly she didn't even oh, know that word probably meant yeah she, she like yeah she's like i pledged it i intended it, it was like but did you did you do it I pledged it. It's like six years later. Right? Because Johnny sued me. You had it for six years, B. Oh, she spent that, yo. She probably bought a house and a couple of rings and shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Imagine being, imagine the shame you probably felt as a parent just watching that on TV. Yo, I feel bad for the lawyer because the lawyer was like all up on that case. Oh, speaking yo, about the lawyer, she was amazing. Oh, yo, everyone's oh, a fan of her. Oh, my. Bro. God, that lawyer lost she all is her amazing. credibility. Yeah, it's over. Everyone who sided with Amber, it's over. <laughs> it's over. You got to give it up to Johnny Depp for, for choosing her, man. Wow. Yeah, he did a good job choosing his lawyer, his his uh, his um, his uh, attorney team. Um, what was I gonna say? So yeah, we were kind of talking on like how these experiences also change us. I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit. For me personally, um, well, 
speaking on now for me so i don't know if you know this so i won't go into so much detail but there's different timelines in um shield hero and if now for me is not lied to by multi a majority of the timelines he dies mm. why because he's gullible and so he ends up getting tricked now because he was lied to by multi that's the reason why he was able to see this i don't how far are you in the, you finished season one right yeah i'm on uh season two episode two beautiful so you remember the episode where multi where multi tried to set her sister to be killed and to frame now for me he immediately says like this looks like a setup something about this looks off mm-hmm. and prior to that I think I, I just also want to talk about this a little bit. A lot of people, I could see a lot of people bothered by like now Fumi not willing to trust Melty simply because she's a princess and because she's ready to Melty. It's something I can very much relate to. Like after I got false accused, I was, unless you're one of the women I already knew, I wasn't trying to talk to you. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that. Like I, every yeah. time women came into the office, no, I, I remember you. I didn't talk to that. them. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to them at all. Like it no. would have to be the, Anyone else who's with me, typically a female friend who's working there with me, who would have to talk to women. I wasn't talking to women. Like I said, even when I met Deb, I was two me at least two meters apart, hands in my pocket, so I'm sort of because my guard is up. But because my guard is up, I'm also much more mindful. Those things change you. And so for now, Fumi, once he's experienced that once, technically twice because of the arena thing, he was able to see. This is a setup, and he was able to self multi multi because of it. Because of his experiences, he was able to see through the deceit of multi and actually make everyone aware around him, specifically Itsuki, uh, the bow hero, and Ren, the sword hero, about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I I love that scene because like I remember I was telling you about a moment I had. Before. So like in the past, I was in like a very crappy situation. I was robbed and whatever. Very, very, very random situation. I don't even want to talk on that. Going into the future now, like after experiencing that, I was kind of able to identify like certain behavioral cues or certain like social cues to like certain things happening. I remember one time I was talking with one of my um, friends and we're just trying to do something and he was trying to get me to go somewhere with him so we could hopefully just make some quick money or whatever. But when the way how like he was going about it, it was he was telling me that like the people who he was trying to meet up with were like rushing him and acting a certain way. And the second he told me this, I'm like, yo, this reeks of setup. Like it reeks of setup because you'll notice when like people pressure you to go somewhere or they'll rush you or just like intact that trying to convince you to yeah, come. Yeah, con- convince you, pressure you, gives you reasons to come and have something for you to come to, like whether it's money, jewelry, or whatever. It's like, they'll use these things against you. And when I noticed, like, pressing it really hard, I was just like, this reeks of setup. Bro, my friend went to the spot. I told him I'm not going. I'm just like, screw it. You know, my friend went to the spot, and the man got robbed, beat up, and everything. And I was, bro, I was telling you, bro, this reeks of a setup. (laughs) It just reeks of a setup. Like, I've seen this before too many times for me to walk into this. And I, I relate with Nafume where you, you notice something where you notice that like a, a particular situation is set up. There's a lot of people around. Um, they are trying to present something to you, try to like lure you with whatever. And like it becomes really evident. It becomes really evident when you experience things once. And sometimes it could just be like paranoid. You could have said that I was paranoid at the time. But even so, that paranoia like allowed me to like see through a situation 
and catch it beforehand. And I wish my friend listened to me at the time because he was just like, yo, now if we go, we'll get money. I'm like, bro, this is how you catch a baby. Just present the candy. You know, baby takes the candy. It's called taking candy from a baby. Yeah, yeah. legit. Like, yeah, you, ha- you have to be aware. Like, you have to. That's facts. No, that's that's really strong. Sorry, you wanted to say something, Jordan? Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, I think the scene that was really interesting and you touched on this point was the the fact that he didn't want to take help from um from Melty. And honestly, it's it's completely understandable because it's like this. Why would I associate myself with a family who is trying to debase me, who's trying to mock me, or trying to shame me? It's like you have tried to be friend with the sister of that person who accused you. I mean, it makes no sense at all. Why would you even want to she be- She actually has a cousin. And I actually like, we built a relationship up until that point. Now her and I just don't talk. Cause like, I can't trust you. Exactly. So it's like, so it's like, I completely understand now. If we meet one, for example, uh, he didn't want to um, associate himself with uh, Melty because it's like, that's your family. That is your sister. I mean, I don't know what, what you guys are talking about. You guys are probably talking about something that uh, you guys are probably talking about in another setup. How do I know that you approaching me right now is not one of her grand scheme? It's, it's true. You're, you're not the same. You always you have to have your guard up because it's like, fool me once, um, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? Fool me three times, fuck the peace. Peace sign, put chop and let it rain on you. But then um, another point is I want to talk about... Uh, uh, you, Yushi made this point. Is that how you say the name Yushi Sama? Yushi. Yeah, okay, Yushi. That's his nickname. Okay, so for example, um, about just knowing uh people, I won't even lie. I think it was during um what was it? I think it was 2017, and it was when Bitcoin was being popular again. And then there's this guy who lives in my building, and he tells me, "Oh yeah, I got this opportunity," and usually. And it's hard to fall for something like that once you've already been scammed once, you know, but the way he comes up to you is, first of all, he, he tells you all the wonderful things, right? And then he rushes you and in a way he will pressure you. So, so for example, um, I'm a, I won't lie. I'm, I'm a complete realist. So when he was telling me, Hey, just, just give me like two or $3,000 and I can flip that to like, five or six K or something like that. The first thing I would, yeah. The first thing I would say is, first of all, if you're going to go to a country like Turkey, right. To try to flip the money. How do you know everything's going to go right? You don't, right. You don't. What if, what if you go over there, you meet the person and they just leave you on the Like You don't know, like you're going to another country and you think you're going to flip 10 K. But the problem with me is I had such like an investment mindset that I just wanted to like, because I think I had like 10 or 15K at the time. I was just saving my money. I was just working, working and saving my money, right? And then what happened was um, I don't like where my money's just sitting. Like for like right now, I have my money in the stock market. I just like where my money's working. It's so like it doing something. Yeah, right. I like when it does something. So here's a person that actually, I actually grew up with him. So it's not just a friend I've known for like two years, you know, like, right. like we used to, like, we grew up in region. We're at region before we moved into region park, right. yeah, region park before we came into this uh, building here downtown. And then, um, I just said, um, okay, you know what, whatever, sure. I'll give it to you. When can I expect my return? 
and he'll, he'll break it down. He said, don't worry, in, in, in two weeks. Two weeks came, no. When can I expect in next week? And then funny enough, it's been three years, right? But I made sure to record him. I, I recorded him. I said, so you said this and this and this and that. And I recorded him like two years ago. Just, to, you know, I need insurance. And if I ever feel like I have time and I make sure, and I just feel broke, mentally speaking, I'm going to try to get back that money. But I'm at a position right now where, like, I really just don't have the time to, to do that. And I don't really want to re- waste my resource. So I'm not going to do it. But I know the evidence is always there for me to do it. But it actually taught me something, uh, like what uh, uh, Yushi just said. Like, it's going to be very hard for me to trust you again. And then all the simple cues that uh, people do when they want to scam you becomes more evident for you to catch. So that was a good point. False and false and one thing, false and all things. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah. That's another good point. Um, I want to talk. And okay, again, I'm not going to change the topic. I, I hate switching the topic, but what you just said there is so important for young men to understand. I was watching a classroom of the elites, right? And then there's this. I don't. Do you guys know? You guys know that anime, right? He does. Yeah, he she does. I haven't. I haven't watched. I haven't watched it yet. Go on. So then, there's this one guy. He's a basketball player, and he just causes trouble all the time. So then, there comes a time. Now there's a problem. There's someone going around, you know, just violating women and 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 whatnot. And then, but people go ahead and blame him. Do you remember that scene? I, I remember it. I remember it vaguely because I watched it like four years ago. So they blame him immediately. Why? Because he has that reputation mm-hmm. of being trouble. I feel like young men should understand that your reputation is so important and it can set you up for so much opportunity because let's say, for example, you're known as a scammer. Let's say you gain, um, you gain popularity off scamming. That is, believe it or not, that's going to be your reputation for a mm-hmm. while. When people speak your name, they're going to say you're the scammer. But let's say, for example, you came up being a YouTuber, right? People are going to know me as a YouTuber. That's your reputation. So I feel like when it comes to certain decisions young men should make, they should be very careful and selective with what they want to do. Because the first thing that you gain fame from is what you're going to be known for. Okay, I just wanted to say out there, but yeah, we can move. Yo, I like how you brought the comparison with Classroom of the Elites because that show had like the the coolest characters ever. Coolest and just like unique characters. All right. Put, how so many seasons are there? This? It's only one. St- they're coming with season two, but it's only yeah, one season right now. Two. Okay. And, but then if I had to relate it back to, to S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero, look, for example, he was known as a domestic abuser and that was his identity. Yeah, but of, course, it was, of course, it wasn't by choice. In this case, it wasn't by choice. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it to that because um, the thing with that, and no matter who you are as a person, if everyone sees you as the same thing, you'd eventually come to adopt those characteristics. Um, the thing that I really watching the show again, which I didn't realize the first time, was his arena fight with Motoyasu was the first time he unlocked his curse series. Good point. I, I took that in still. That's a really strong point right there. It's that's when he started to develop his um his wrath, his rage. And I remember you were speaking on your rage. And I wanted to I wanted to make sure we came back to that. Um what are your experiences like in terms of dealing with a, a woman speaking falsely in your name? Because that's a recurring thing I hear of men going through this experience 
is it's not is there's sadness and grief, but there's also unbridled anger because there's nothing you can do. It's out of your control. Yeah. And you and you're for lack of a better, you're, you're expected to just to just tolerate it at least until possibly the 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 the, the trial is over. And even then, that might not restore your name for certain for certain people, right? But you want to, I want you to kind of speak on that a little bit, Jordan, in terms of your experiences. Okay, so this is that this is a really good question. But first, let me just bring up the reference from um, the anime. So the whole rage concept to me. Okay, so this is how I see it. I see it like this. Of course, you can agree or disagree. So that shield kind of represents exactly what you said. All the unbridled emotion that's kept deep within him. And it's finally going out. But he's making that conscious effort. Actually, no, I'm not even going to say conscious. I feel like it's sort of like a subconscious thing because he just wants to defeat the other person and he thinks that he can do it through his rage. Right? So it's not like he's saying, hmm, okay, I know this is going to hurt someone, but I don't care. Because if you. Uh, okay, I'm going to jump in on this really good point. I'm going to just add something small. I won't yeah. go into detail because it's season two, but it manifests in season two. It actually manifests throughout the whole series. And I'm okay. glad that the creator did that. But go okay. on. Okay, so, so the analogy on the story, I'm, did it all start? I think he he had the duel. No, he mm. he absorbed the dragon before he no, went no. to the duel. Was the it? duel. No, no. Okay, so the the dragon mm -hmm. happened after. Like that's like episode seven or eight. But no, he he it 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 triggers. It's not it's not fully manifest. He first manifests and triggers it. Mm -hmm. Because it starts asking him, which is real, a really those are there's some really yeah. good questions from it that the the, the curses ask him. One of the, one question is, what was it? Trying to remember. Do you seek power? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And the other is, and I'll I'll speak on it, and I want Jordan to kind of talk on it. Do you hate everything? The reason why these two things happen, it's really funny. You went through a lot with me. You remember, I actually wanted to talk about the false allegation initially. Yeah, and I remember I was just like... Uh, you were told me you were, you told me to hold off on it. And it was my sister who... It was him and my sister who really talked me down from doing it. Why? Because I wanted power. I wanted to take my power back. Because my power was taken away from me. And you're asking me if I hate everything. Everything that's making me suffer right now, I hate it. I want it to burn. And that was that's the thing that... that um, now Fumi says quite a bit, Moero, to burn. He wants everything to burn. Coincidentally, it's no surprise that the curse series manifests as fire, especially once he absorbs the dragon. It's always burning. You want everything to burn down. And even when, you know, Phil is allegedly eaten, the first thing he thinks of once again is Malti and, and, uh, <clears throat> and the king. And so it's just, and that just feeds into the anger that he has. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do hate everything and I do want, I want power, I want my power back. But yeah, sorry, you were, you were saying, Jordan. Uh, yeah, so I was saying, um, so for example, with um, the whole shield concept, the way I see it is sort of, um, it's just his anger man, uh, manifesting. And, and of course you see that on the surface, but then what's interesting and, and exactly what the writer did that was really interesting is that the way you see the anger come about is actually hurting other people. Right, so it's sort of like oh, um, you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's actually hurting other people at the same time. So if you were to sort of like make that connection to the real uh, real world example, is when we're ang when we're angry to the point where you can't control ourselves, we're actually hurting those around us. Have you noticed that? I used it's to have, 
I used to have this one friend who cannot control his anger, but it was through his anger he actually gained the most strength. Now, this is not a legitimate strength. I don't consider anger, uh, strength through anger to be legitimate. Unfocused anger, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it, it's it, it's not it's not real power. You, mm-hmm. you you're not you're not you're not it's not rationalized. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like you can't. It's not focused. It's not focused and you can't play defense because that's actually one of the most strongest things you, you actually need as men. You need to know how to play defense. There's so much strength in defense. That's the reason why I also like the concept with only the shield. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why he's also the most powerful and also ties ties down to sort of like the East, the East Asian philosophy. But that's another topic. So to bring up that point with the shield and sort of like how that anger, his anger itself hurt those around him. I remember a point in time I was in high school and I was already, first of all, I was already angry at the situation because, first of all, I was blamed for um, for pulling the fire alarm when I didn't. And they blamed right. me and, like, six other um, black kids because we were the only black kids in school right. um, at Harvard Collegiate. And so, you know, we were blamed for that. And I was really mad at that. And this is early on. I think I was probably, like, in grade 10 or 11 or, or, or whatever the case may be. So I was blamed for that. And then you had the whole the nude thing. And then... um. A girl saying that you guys leaked her nude pictures, right? That one? Yeah, exactly. That one. So I was really mad and the anger was like, it was just so bottled up. And it was just the fact that um, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I realized I didn't love basketball. I liked it, but I didn't love it. Now imagine from the age of eight years old, you're just training every single day. You're literally going to, for example, in the morning, you're, you're going to practice here in the afternoon. You're playing runs over there evening. You're going to practice there. And then all for it to just stop, right? Um, you realize, like, why was I doing all of that for? So you factor all of that together. I, I became very angry and, and and bitter. And I hurt those around me to the point where I was actually scared of myself. And that's the right. whole idea where I locked myself in the room for like a week with just a bottle of water and bread to really understand myself. And I just started to read literature. Why do I feel, I feel? Yeah. And then that's exactly where I saw Lucian and he was angry, but he did something about it. He and that's exactly, it. exactly. He channeled that anger to something much more productive. And I can't believe I'm going to say here, but I was able to channel it in, um, in, um, in such a, <laughs> how can i say this i'm gonna call it productive because um also in my house, yeah but i never told you this part but the reason i was able to chat channel it because i kind of found, found my long-term goal and that is um uh, in my household a lot of people don't know but i'm congolese right so um my mom speaks about congo politics like every single day since i was like of course, the age what 14. african parent doesn't everything like i'm talking about like um like podcasts and she would hear about death and like literally all the time. So I think it did something to my psyche to the point where like, I feel like I have to return one day and the knowledge that I have from public administration governance, the degree that I took at Ryerson, I have to use that and go back to my country and probably do something because I I can't explain it. Like I know people always ask me, why are you going to, how are you going to do it? Right. I can't explain it. But it's like this innate feeling within me that's telling me to go back. I don't know what I don't know what that voice is, what that feeling is. But when Lelouch did something, for example, when Lelouch did something and overthrew that country, something within me was like, 
whoa, do you feel that anger? Use that anger as a motivator to um, protect those you love. Because, you know, my grandmother who lives in Congo, she kind of um, went through a lot of stress period because of like the instability in that country. And I still believe to this day, my mom will never admit that she passed away because of that. So it kind of like affected me in, in that. And I was like, well, you know, I can use this anger. I'm going to use this anger. And I, and I never, this sounds so bad. It sounds so bad, but it's like, I told myself, I don't want the country to ever be good yet until I die. So that one day when I do return, I could probably do something because if the country, let's say, for example, I snap my finger, right? And Congo, damn, it's, it's a first world country now. It's perfect. I kid you not, I think I'm going to lose my mind because my whole reason so far, the whole reason I locked myself, the whole reason, like, for example, I have this innate feeling inside of me, the whole reason my mom's, you know, my mom's playing these Congolese uh, politics and subconsciously is doing something to me. And now my grandmother's passing away, passing away. I find like, I feel like I'm compelled and I'm also motivated to probably just do something. So it's, I guess I could say that's like my raison d'être, right? So it's like... I was legit about to say raison d'être as well, which is reason for being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like, I know I know when I return, like I have to first make a name out of myself. That's the way politics work. You have to first, they have to first know your name. That's the reason I'm in tech. I want them to first know my name. So when that time comes, I can go there and probably do something. But it's it's interesting because... With his anger, what he did, Naifumi, what he did with that anger is he tried to um, sort of just elevate his status. But he knows damn well that's not going to go away, right? You can't try to just elevate your status and you think it's going to go away. That's the reason why he was able, that's the reason he kept getting flashbacks, right? He kept getting flashbacks of who he was. And it wasn't until, I'm going to say, Neftalia, his therapist, I don't think she mm -hmm. should have been, therapist was able to make him realize that hey companion i don't know like i have mixed feelings <laughs> it's kind of like she was his therapist every time he broke down she was there running to him you're okay don't worry you know <laughs> it well, did, it, to me it didn't feel like a companionship to be honest i only felt like well, that he was also related. you also have to when keep in mind that he felt like that you also have to keep in mind he was there for her when she was dealing with her being like dealing with human trafficking mm -hmm. or dead human trafficking too right he was one who was keeping her in balance and able to he help did her effort, herself he, out. But he did that for self-interest. It no. wasn't it he what? No, he he started he did then, started, he started in the beginning, like that, he actually yeah. started to care. He had no reason to take out and that's that natural, people. right? That's no, natural. no, but he had, hold on, hold on, hold on. He had no reason to to take out to to stop the guy who was who was still human doing demi-human trafficking. He had no reason to stop it. He also had no reason to to take what over the the kingdom, kingdom of, of of Sivilheim or whatever it's called, where Raftali's no, no. people are. No, no, no. What, what you're saying is true, but I feel okay. So it's sort of like when he realized that she was actually there for him, that's when everything changed, and he actually of course really to care. because yeah, he never he never believed anyone was there. Like I was, I was gonna actually kind of bring that up, but she, she when she's in like her teenage years. She's like, well, what does she say? Um, low level, yes. Yeah, low level, <laughs> low level teen years, if you will. Um, I'm your sword, and I will accompany you wherever you go. And the thing he reacts to, which I understand, is like, he's like, is that so? 
that mm-hmm. that felt yeah okay i'll tell you that felt like therapy session to me because it was like always a reassurance <laughs> you know you always had to hear that the amount of times do you know, do you know how many times she said that no but that's the thing the amount of times that deb has had to tell me that she has my back has been quite a few times conversely the same thing on my end as well mm-hmm. um because it's kind of like with all the things I've dealt with and all the things I've experienced, I'm like, are you really like, I've had to ask that because I, I know what, what I'm, where I'm headed towards in terms of what I do. Like, are you really sure you're about this life? And she has to be, yes, I'm with you. I want yeah. to. And I'm like, but, but you're are you sure? With him, it's a bit different because with you, there's actually romantic interest. So, then so we're going to get to that. That's, yeah. that's at the end. I don't want to talk too much about season two. Because, like, season two ends on, I saw, like, literally the last episode of season two. I'm like, y'all are ready for a crazy. People don't realize, season three is going to be crazy. Yeah, they, they set up some crazy plot points already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm looking forward for season I feel like season two. Wait, season like, two or season crazy. three? Season three is going to be crazy. Season yeah, two. Season two wasn't as good. Yeah, because they, they, if, if they could, the things that happen. If they started in season two, they wouldn't have been able to stop it. Yeah. Like they'd yeah. have to stop at a random midpoint versus what they did. I'm like, okay, like for instance, you don't see multi. Because it's crazy. And wait, in season three, you don't see multi? Season two, you don't see multi. I know. I'm not even no, trying no, no, to no, no, see no. her to be when honest. You won't notice. Because like when I, I was watching this, I'm like, oh shit, didn't show. I'm like, oh, y'all are really setting up for that. Like the last two minutes. There's hints of everything that's gonna happen for season three. I was like, "Yo, this is gonna be crazy." Season three, yeah, there's gonna be so crazy. much. Just like the, the plot, the points, other heroes, yeah, just like the way how they're just introducing them one by one. It's like so. This Not is even the just world. that one. The 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 wolf, the wolf who becomes a hero because you know, like the one that gets the mm-hmm. the gauntlets. Yeah, they're basically that's what I'm gonna say. Things there's a, they hinted to a lot of things. So I was like, "Yo, this it's gonna be a crazy next season." Um, but no, multi like drives the drives the show. Like, if it wasn't for multi being a horrible human being, we wouldn't have Shield Hero being so good. To be honest with you, but yeah, he didn't believe her, and then it was only until after he lost the fight, and she was just like, "I'm with you, and even if people speak ill on your name, I'll I will I will I'll tell them that they're wrong." And the thing that he says is, "Those are the words I always wanted to hear," and then he realized, "No, she's been saying this this whole time. I just wasn't listening." Because his heart was closed off. Like I said, that was showing interest to me. My heart was closed. Mm-hmm. I was just concerned because you're in you're in you're in um a, a sort of perpetual flight or flight flight fright fight flight or freeze mode where you're constantly mm-hmm. having to protect yourself because you don't know if someone's gonna do something again. Like the like if like Deb had the perfect storm to do something to me again, or just completely ruin me. It's like, oh. We just can't bring it to any community center. You're just out here just harassing all these women, eh? Like, hey, first of all, two meters, hands in my pocket. I got witnesses and cameras. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, it, um, for me, I was able to focus like my own wrath. I didn't realize how much wrath I was until I wanted to talk about it. And I realized I'm like, I have a lot of anger in me. Even my friends pointed out, particularly female friends were just like, you, you speak very negatively of women now. Whoa. 
yeah, I, I was in a very negative space because of all the negative emotions I had. Because it wasn't just one girl, it was three other girls that also said something. And then I find out one of them is because she was peer pressured into doing it. That's crazy. That's all it took? Your friends told you to say something and you did it? And that could that's ruining my livelihood. I could not be able... You are sitting up to potentially not be able to ever feed myself again. That's crazy. So they made me realize that, but I decided to channel that into creating because I was taken away from that community with all the work I've done um, in Dorset Park. All the work I did was easily taken away from me. So I wanted to create something that would always belong to me, which is why I started this podcast. I wanted to create something that could support me and sustain me in potential hardships and also build me up in times of where I'm growing that will always belong to me and no one else. So that's the reason why I came up with Black Nerd Talks. I was just like, I'm tired of just having to run to different people to pay me. I want to be able to be able to provide for myself and be in charge of my own destiny, my own future, rather than wait for someone else to determine that and give the opportunity for someone to take that away if they once they have the opportunity to do so. Uh, I find that cool because like I remember like I'll always like joke around with my friend I'll hatred is the hatred is the true answer for um true progress and everything and i'll just fuck around and say like dumb shit like that it's, um, <laughs> reminds you of that quote it was just like um violence is not the the solution it's the a- it's the answer and the question mm-hmm. <laughs> all right yeah, that's good well yeah I, like i guess for me the way i i channel it is realize realizing that there's a bigger purpose than me so for example it's uh is creating uh, tech to make other people happy. And at the same time, so I can use that money to one day just bring back, go back to Congo and, and really bring change. the work. Yeah, and yeah. really change everything over there. Channeling it, right? That's what I mean. That's what Lush did, right? Saying. And that's what a lot of these characters yeah. end up doing. You know, now Fumi <clears throat> becomes a, a merchant, traveling merchant. He, he was able to realize his disadvantages and, and, and struggles and was able to reorient it and reinvent himself. So for me, like I said, I got into entrepreneurship and podcasting and so on and so forth because I realized that I wanted something that belonged to me. And I also mm-hmm. realized, and this goes into therapy and whatnot, every time like we spoke about now, Fumi goes into his like wrath mode, it takes the well, the women around him to stop him, but they also get curse damage from it. Mm-hmm. And I say that in the sense of like, if he... If assuming you're a woman who's dealing with a man with who's going through hardship, if he can't realize how he's hurting you, the same way as I realized I was hurting my female friends, right? Then that's not your role to take that on. The reason mm-hmm. Raftai was able to be there for him is because he was also realizing how he was hurting her and he felt remorseful. If, if he doesn't feel that, and he was like, Well, she's the she's the cause of why you're suffering without taking any any accountability of his own and then what does that say or vice versa if she's taking on her emotions on you that's not your your responsibility to do that that's for her to deal with and he eventually works on his anger um do i want to read do i want to read these parts the last thing i just want to say is that like overall like you're going to hit a breaking point that's that's the, the one of the main points I want to hit at too, is I eventually going to hit a breaking point, um, in terms of these situations. <clears throat> For me, um, yeah, it was just really when I wanted to kind of get back at like the world. What <clears throat> happened to me? 
Mm-hmm. But now Fumi, he, he was just really saying that like because he's a shield hero, that's the reason why people are making him suffer. And eventually he was just like, I don't want to be the shield hero anymore. But with Johnny Depp, it was a really good, it was a really powerful quote. It made me think of episode four of Shield Hero, where he was just saying, That's what you want to do, right? You've taken everything from me. You want to take my blood, take it. He said, Amber said, No, no. He said, Well, if you're not going to take it, that's all I've got left. Mm. It was, if she wasn't going to do it. I would have done it. I was going, I was at the end. I was broken. He was going to cut himself and make himself bleed because eventually there's not much left for you to give. Eventually, even Malty was taking everything from me. Even for me, she doubled in terms of her allegations from when I started providing evidence by taking it to like, uh, I may have got the term wrong, but she took it up like eventually it was initially a, a petty investigation, but eventually became like a human rights tribu- tribunal investigation. Mm-hmm. She escalated it just to try her best to ruin me, even removing me from community centers and so on and so forth. Obviously, this developed my negative emotions. But over time, those things shifted. The, the wrath I have, I know it's there. And once you see that aspect of yourself, just like you know, we spoke about suicide and and, and suicide ideation and depression, these things don't leave with these things don't like leave you, but you're much more aware of it. As the ancient one said in Doctor Strange, we don't conquer our demons; we learn to live above them. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to kind of bring home is now Fumi truly gets con- like he starts losing the ability to use his rage yeah, let me just get let me hold on a second now Fumi starts losing the ability to use his rage in season two and eventually culminates um with him i won't go into detail on it i don't know do you know about like the stuff that goes on the light novel and stuff yushi i'm a follow light novel so the sh- the last shield that he uses at the end of season two mm-hmm. is allowing him to manifest a different form of power. Mm-hmm. It's called the Blessed series. The Blessed series allows you, just the same way as he was able to tap into the Curse series with Wrath, mm-hmm. there's also the Blessed series. I won't name what it is called, but it's the concept of a, a mirror reflecting back things that people are throwing at you. In other words, in a certain way, dealing with projection. Oh, that's how you see me, but this is an issue on you. In other words, well, I won't say it. In, don't want to say it. I won't say. It. I'll say. It. I'll wait for season three to do it. But he eventually develops a deeper understanding of people, and that's actually what's going to be deepening his relationship with Raftalia because he's able to see past his anger. He's learned to get let go of it, which is a great thing I love about the show. They didn't just have him be angry for like a couple episodes. They really let us sit with it between season one and season two because these emotions don't just leave you. It's a whole long process of dealing with it, of him understanding himself, of him realizing how detrimental this anger is. As much as he's able to con- control it and funnel it to, you know, save everybody, especially beating the Pope. At the end of the day, like I was able to start my start my podcast, you started your app, but having these negative emotions eventually will hurt you and the people around you. And do you want that for them? Yeah, you were saying. Well, yeah. So what happened with me though is the fact that. My okay, so my anger, especially when I was a kid, usually came from me being way too naive. So you know the way. Okay, so let me just go to today. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that point. So today I'm much more selective, whether if I want to be like outgoing or if I just want to be reserved. And that's because um, I pick my battles very strategically. Like for example, 
if I know I'm around people who speak a lot, like for example, I have this one friend who, if you were to tell him something private, he would just run his mouth, right? So I'm very reserved with him. If I'm around my brother, because he's very he's way more outgoing than I am, I sort of like in my mind I'm like yes, he can do all the the heavy lifting, you know. Right. Um, but going back now is. I used to be extremely naive in the sense that I wasn't self-aware. I used to be naive in a sense where, like, for example, I, I used to think that if people are like pushing you around, like they just want to, they just want to play with you. And because mm. during that time, because I, I didn't really speak proper English until like I was the age of 13, because I, right. I was speaking Portuguese and French. Right. So, so what happened was people used to, like, for example, try to bully me when I was like seven, eight years old or what or, or whatnot, because I didn't speak their language. So um, I remember, I will never forget this because I hurt those around me. Uh, I was in a bus and this one guy, he used to just always push me around and then we used to just laugh. I used to laugh too. But then deep inside of me, um, I used to like, for example, like cry out, like, what are you doing? You're getting me mad. I don't know why I never showed that. I don't know the, psych the, the uh, psychology behind that. I guess I'm gonna have to speak to a therapist. But it wasn't until he did one last push, I just got out. And I kid you not, my mind was blank. And this guy was bigger than me. I pushed him and he fell to the floor. And this and this was the side of school bus. It happened again when we were out on recess. And then the latest one that it happened was when I was in high school. Uh, I remember I had a basketball game. I, you know, I used to have a lot of female friends. And then uh, they would watch over my stuff. And then I remember... Um, the female friend, one of her friend, would go through my stuff and take the money. And then when I'm in the game, right, I was in the game, and I think I was doing, I was dropping like 25, you know, I was going crazy. And then, but then they signal me, they, hey, woo, we have your money. And then, you know, they're waving my money. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Put that down. Right. And I'm yelling while I'm playing, like the game is going, like I'm on defense. I'm like, put it down. And it's like, to them, they sort of found it funny because it's like they got my attention. Everyone's That's attention, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's attention is on the game. And now imagine a star player is acknowledging you, you, only you. So it sort of felt, and of course, looking back, I, I, sort of, I realized that now, right? Oh, shit, bro. <laughs> right. So I realized that I'm like, put down my money. And I just kept yelling throughout the whole show. show about the whole game and then they left with my money so they left before i changed and then i got it was i think i was like 16 or something so they took about i think it was like 150 dollars. that was a lot of money for 16 years old no that's so money now like it's and it's still like, a lot of money now yeah i beg yo and yeah I no, it was like yeah so it was like and this is just me saving my oh man like i was a saver so this was just me saving my money. So it was like the fact that they did it and they left, you know, they didn't say a word or whatever. I got so mad to the point where like my friend was like, you won, let's go. Yeah, we won. But I was like, we won. I'm like, where's my money? You know, throughout the whole day, I was so mad. I was so, I don't know. I don't know how it's possible for a human to carry that much anger for so long. But it was absolute. I was actually scared of myself, and I was disgusted. But that morning yeah, came. Trusted them, bro, and they went in your ship, bro. Honestly, yo, 
I wouldn't have blamed you if you just gave them a death list, bro. That that would piss me off. Like, no cap, bro. I don't I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the good part for you. I'm going to get to the good part. So that morning comes, right? And they're, one of them, one of that friend is in my class. And I said, where is the first thing I do? It was math class. The first thing I do everyone their head is on the table you know they're they're doing um they're doing the schoolwork whatever i come in late on purpose because i'm planning this i need all the intention i need to embarrass her i like i didn't care anymore right so even if i was hurting people around me so um i told her where is my money and the professor's like you know the teacher's like good morning jordan i didn't even acknowledge that where is my money and she looks at me. She's like, I don't have it. I said, where is, my, I just kept repeating that question. Where is my money? I don't have it until the point where she got really pissed. And then I, I think I slammed my hand on her desk. And I said, I need my money. Why do you guys keep playing? Pronto. Yeah. I said, I need my money. Why do you people keep playing with me? I'm so nice. I don't do anything. Um, um, and I remember like a friend of mine used to say, I never see you because I don't and I make sure I don't. And even if I do, I probably channel that elsewhere. So I, I told I, I told her this and I said, I need my money. Like, I don't want to get pissed off. And then she comes up and she's like, Joy, I don't have your fucking money. And then she's pushing me. Her phone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then And then, you know, she she got up. She pushing me and i said what are you doing let me go and then she's grabbing my hair and then right there i'm not gonna lie i blanked out i don't know what happened after i grabbed her hair i pulled her down i took <laughs> i'm not hearing I, this no i pulled it i put it down and then i took a desk i lifted up and i threw it like it was like one of those heavy metal desks it actually weighs kind of a lot please <laughs> don't tell you injured her that I, I I miss. I wanted to though. That's how bad it was. Okay. I I, I miss because you know someone was holding me back. But it this kind of changes the whole dy dynamic of the conversation. Yeah, we're, we're hitting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It really, it, it, it really does. Flushing the toilet. No, no, but no, no, but it's to tell you. It's to tell you exactly. It's to tell you exactly. I was scared of myself, and I was scared of what anger did to the point where I told myself that is never going to happen again. Even if, like, despite the fact that. You know, like she, she, you know, she slapped me, she grabbing my hair and all of that. Like, I just told myself, look what I was capable of doing. I, I, I don't care which, look what I was capable of doing. Mm. You see? And I was just like, man, I have to find a way to, to channel that. Look, I'm so happy it missed, that desk missed. I'm so happy it missed because I probably would have been in trouble, like, really, really bad. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. But yes. I think that would be the best thing. So, I'll go into a little bit more in terms of now Fumi's last shield. His last shield teaches him compassion. Yeah. It teaches him to see the good in others. And as he learns to see the good in others, he learn, he starts to see uh, Raftali in a different way. And all the other compatriots, compatriots that he, and comrades that he has around him, it changes his perspective rather than coming from a guarded, angry space. Mm -hmm. He's coming from a place of understanding because compassion comes with understanding and forgiveness for the wrongs of others. So that's where he heads into in terms of the show. I think that's where Johnny Depp is headed to. I hope that he personally gets the healings that he needs because he's also a damaged person. And that's what we don't like to talk mm -hmm. about when it comes to these things is that, like I said, that the victim did something wrong. But victims do something wrong too. 
they mm-hmm. they put the, they they were put into this situation, and they, to one way or another, they might have perpetuated their circumstances by themselves. So I ask that we have to learn to kind of stand up for ourselves and pull issues out from the root to protect ourselves, and at the same time, not let that wrath control us, and to find a sense of compassion. Yes, um, this has been a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to end it here. How long has it been? Three hours, huh? Three hours. Mm-hmm. Yes. This was really interesting, though. Very interesting. Absolutely. I'm going to end the... Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch the latest news, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BlackNerdTalks. And if you enjoyed our latest episode, consider subscribing to the podcast. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.